What's up and welcome to the Around the SEC podcast. I'm by myself, Jack Schlegel, and as always, I am joined by both Will and Pat. Today we have a lot to talk about and we're completing an absolutely insane week four of SEC football. We get to talk about this week an absolutely amazing week five of SEC football. Just about every SEC team is playing another SEC team and we have game day. It's going to be a great one. Let's make some money, let's talk lines, let's talk dimes, let's get into it. All right, we are getting into it. Sadly, uh, this is on my shoulders. We just recorded 45 minutes of static um, going through Alabama through Kentucky, right? So um, because it's late, we don't really have time to record that again, so we are very sorry. It was so good. Um uh, it we're all hurting right now. It, it it really hurts us probably more than it hurts you. So I'm sorry that we only have a second half of a podcast this week. All I can say is I'm sorry. But with that said, let let's get into it. We have LSU. LSU beat Mississippi State. Yeah, that's shows it a lot closer than it was. I think Mississippi State really struggled to get an offense going up until the end of the game, obviously scoring 15 of their 25 points in the fourth quarter. Um, but it was at least an exciting game up there there, uh, there at the end. I, like I said, I think um, I, I said it earlier in the now non-existent podcast, um, <laughs> LSU is a decent team and I think in my opinion, they deserved. While neither team may deserve to be ranked, I think LSU deserves to be more ranked than Auburn. Um, either way, I just I, that, that's my thoughts on it. I want to hear what y'all have to say. Yeah, with this uh, LSU Mississippi State game, they did a good job. I mean, they did what they needed to do. Uh, I know what with what happened last year. I, I believe this LSU team was out for revenge, and they. I think they got it when kind of controlling Mississippi State. I didn't think the game was really up for question, even though the score ended up being a three-point spread. I thought LSU controlled the game. I thought they did what they needed to do. They looked okay. Again, Mississippi State's I'm, – I'm not crowning them. Mississippi State is not a great team, at least to me. So um, that's what I, that's my thoughts on it. Uh, you know, I, I agree with you all. Um... They're, they're for the most part. I mean, LSU's defense looks strong. Uh, Derek Stingley Jr. was out again for this. Uh, I, I, or well, they were. I, well, he was out for this matchup against Mississippi State. Yeah. But I think the defense played strong without him. I mean, would they have preferred to have Stingley on the field? Of yeah. course. Yeah, of course. But, I mean, who would? Yeah. But I, I think LSU did a great job after last year's uh, debacle. Yeah, for sure. That debacle is the right word for it. So, uh, just uh, any closing any closing thoughts on this Mississippi State LSU game? Again, great win for LSU on the road at Mississippi State. That's a going on the road in the SEC is never easy. With this LSU team this year, it's a really good win. I mean, I'll take it. I think Cocho uh, really needed this win. You know, just he did because of the. The stretch of games he's about to I was about to say, about to let's go ahead and get into that. Looking ahead this week, sorry, Jack, I'm stealing your thunder a little bit. They have Auburn at home, and I think this might be their last chance to win for a while because they have Auburn at home, then they go to Kentucky, Florida at home, go to Ole Miss, go to Alabama, and then Arkansas at home. That is a tough schedule. I mean, there's. I don't see many wins. Actually, I have them predicted as no wins through that stretch. So a six-game losing streak. Jack, what about it? Jack, hello. No, oh, he's on mute. Sorry about that. I'm pretty sure someone's about to walk to that door. Okay, well we can take it then. We we, we can take it. Jack, Matt, what do you think about this LSU Auburn game? Um, you know, I'm actually kind of looking forward to it. Uh, LSU. Like you were saying, this might be the last time they they win for a while. So uh, they yeah. need to take care of business. Um, I feel like if they do the same thing they did, hold up, hold up. Does LSU play this week? Yeah, they play Auburn this week. I totally missed that because I don't have a prediction for this game. Okay, go go ahead. So uh, 
LSU's Will, didn't Auburn. you just announce that LSU played Auburn? Sorry to cut you off of that. Yeah, I did, but, like, I just realized I don't have a prediction for it, so I was I was like, wait, wait, wait. I was making sure it wasn't, like, a bye week or something. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. Pat, can, okay, sorry. So, uh, LSU, I think you keep doing – you do exactly what you did against Mississippi State. Uh, I think the only thing you really need to change is just get the run game going. Like, LSU, it, their run game has not been the same as in years past. I think – they need to establish that, get Stingley healthy, because with a healthy Stingley, they can stay in some ball games. I mean, he shuts down one side of the field. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as far as what I think about this game, uh, honestly, I don't have much because I just realized I totally missed my preview of this game, but just kind of short thoughts. It Real totally – it, it, I know. I, I, messing up the first half of the podcast and then doing this. Um, as far as Auburn, it, it, I think they can win if they get good quarterback play. If they don't have the good quarterback play, if TJ Finley doesn't show up or Bo Nix doesn't show up, I think LSU is going to squeak out of here with the win. But as far as just what does LSU, let's go ahead back to this question, name something LSU has to do to win this game. Um, we've already named this. Oh, no, we haven't. Never mind, because the first half's lost. Anyways, um... I think LSU has to, I think like Pat said, run the ball, control the ground game. I think uh, Max Johnson is going to be lethal through the, through the air. I think he has been at this point in the season. I think he will continue to do so. Um, but I'm just uh, – Yeah, they need to – I think, I think control, the, control the ground game. Yeah, for me, they need to contain Tank, Tank Bigsby and then – Force Auburn to go to its backup quarterback. Whoever that will be this week, force them to go to the backup quarterback, obviously, because that means if they're going to the backup quarterback, something's not going right. So just that's your goal is to see that backup quarterback at some point in the game. What do you think, Pat? Um, like I said earlier, uh, they, they need to establish their own run game. They need to contain uh, Tank Bigsby and uh, put some pressure on the quarterback. I feel like uh, – yeah. LSU hasn't done enough of that this year. Um, like you said, get Auburn down to their backup quarterback. Uh, obviously not hurting the guy, but, uh, you know, force some turnovers, rough them up a little bit, just put pressure on that Auburn offense. For sure, for sure. Um, dang, I did write Auburn LSU. I just forgot to predict it. That's really tough. All right, so Jack – well, Jack's eating, so I guess we uh, – that's kind of closes our thoughts for the Auburn LSU game. Let's move on to Mississippi State. And it kind of obviously having the same game. We just kind of talked about this game, how this went for Mississippi State. Um, just what what are y'all thought? Pat, what, what's your thoughts just looking at Mississippi State for this game? Ah, oh, shit, everybody paused. All right, so I guess I'm just going to talk about this until they come back. For Mississippi State, man, Will Rogers is good. I, I I like Will Rogers. I think he's a solid quarterback. I don't think he's a great quarterback. And I, you just kind of seen that the past few weeks. Sorry, Pat, y'all cut out for a second, so I just started rambling on. But uh, Will Rogers, he again, okay, not great. And then you see that against Memphis. Uh, he didn't. It shouldn't have come down to that one call at Memphis. It shouldn't have. Mississippi State should be beating this LSU team. I, I really think they should be. But they didn't because I I don't know. I just don't think they're as clean as they need to be right now. What do you think, Pat? Um, I, I agree with you. They, I mean, their defense is strong, but they just they can't contain any offense, really. Um, Will Rogers is pretty much their entire offense. I mean, they did better on the ground this week. But, I mean, it's that boomer bust potential with the air raid, and it is going to get a lot tougher for Mississippi State if they, I mean, they can't execute on offense. They can't come out sluggish. They need to guns a-blazing. Yeah, absolutely. Right now, it's just, they're just kind of there. Almost 1,500 yards for Will Rogers to this point, by the way. Really? Yep. Okay. I, I still just don't feel like he's playing that good. You know, like it, it. Again, they 
the two games they've lost here, I, I don't like with a good quarterback. I feel like they should be winning these games. Their defense is. Read you his stats real quick because I'm looking at them right now and I'm, I'm a little surprised. Okay, go ahead. One eighty or one sixty nine for two twenty five. Fourteen. Uh, 1,454 yards, 11 touchdowns, and only two interceptions. Hmm. All right, so who did uh, – that's – I mean, that's something. So, uh, I guess we can go ahead and move on to who they have this week. So, Jack, lead us off. Well, they'll be playing the Aggies this week. Um, the Aggies coming into this game at number 15 after a loss to Arkansas. I actually think – I. I find it hard to believe that Mississippi State's going to be able to beat the top end of the SEC. I think we established at the beginning of the year, Mississippi State's a 6-6 six and six team until they get the right guys in place uh, for this air raid offense. Obviously, this is still the trick. There's going to be a lot of carryover for now, and I think they're going to win some games they're not supposed to, but I don't think this is one of those games. Is, LS- is Texas A&M top end of the SEC right now, though? Probably not, but I think they're above Mississippi State, in my opinion. Interesting, interesting. Pat, what do you think? Uh, I definitely agree. I think uh, A&M's going to control this game. Um, I think State has a shot because of the quarterback situation in A&M. I can talk about that later. But uh, I, I feel like Mississippi State's just not there yet. Yeah, so, I, I, they, I mean, it's only the second year under Mike Leach. It, 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 looking back at Mike Leach's ten years as head coach, it usually takes him three or four years, and that's okay. I mean, it's a tough. It, it takes a while to get the players in. And again, that's just okay. The fact that they've where they are now, I think, is okay. Uh, I know I just said okay about thirty million times. So let's move on to Missouri. Uh, one, one second, though, you say that, but Will Rogers is. Fulfilling a lot of their need right now, in my opinion. I think he's doing really well based on these numbers. Yeah. All right. The Missouri Tigers had somewhat of a disappointing week, actually. I don't know why somewhat. It's just a straight-up disappointing week as they lost to Boston College, 34-41 to in overtime. To me, it was probably the best game of the week. I don't know if anybody watched this game. I watched pretty much most of it, and it was back and forth the whole way. Missouri's now 2-2, two and two, and this is a game we all predicted them to win last week. I, I believe we all predicted... Missouri to win, and I believe they were the favorites in this game, even on the road. Uh, it was a back and forth game the whole way with Boston no, College. No, 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 no. That was that was the percentage. That was the percentage, was but that? that wasn't the betting line. That's right. Yeah. So it was back and forth the whole game. Uh, let's see. Boston College got out to a twenty-seven to seventeen lead, which was the biggest lead, and that was at halftime. But Missouri came out of halftime, scored scoring fourteen unanswered points to lead thirty-one to twenty-seven. But that's where it got interesting because Boston College scored a touchdown to take the lead with 25 seconds to go up three points. And you th- and I'm thinking the game's over, just absolutely over. But Connor Basilak did what he needed to do, was able to get them in field goal range with three seconds left where Harrison Mevis squeaks in a 56-yard field goal to send it to overtime, channeling his inner Justin Tucker. Uh, but in overtime, it did not go well for the Missouri Tigers as Boston's got Boston College scored a touchdown, and then Basilak took a shot on the first play, and it was intercepted to lose the game. Just what are y'all's thoughts on this game? Again, I thought it was a great game. I would watch it again just because it was, again, it was back and forth. It was a lot of fun to watch. Uh, I will say, I think Boston College just basically ran all the way through Missouri's defense. I think Missouri's run defense is 129th out of 130 teams in FBS right now, which is ridiculous because I'm pretty sure Boston College ran for over 200 yards on them. So what are y'all's thoughts? Um, I think Missouri just got caught with their pants down. Honestly, I think Boston College, I feel like I've heard a lot about their offense this year. And they definitely showed out. And Boston College, they do have, they're not a bad team. They're, I mean, they're really not. It's, it, they're a solid team. But I feel like in the second in the second year, this Missouri team should be able to beat them. This is a disappointing loss either way you look at it. Uh, just one, Pat, before I throw it to you, just one thought. Uh, Basilak was 30 for 41, 303 yards, and one touchdown with two interceptions in the game. So, Pat, what are your thoughts on this game? Uh, you know, I, I agree with Jack. Missouri got caught with the pants down. Uh, 
they allowed 275 yards rushing. Um, Jeez. It's SEC versus uh, ACC. That that crap should happen. Their defense isn't very physical. I I like the Steve Wilkes hire for Missouri. Um, and and maybe again it's early, so I'm not totally out on him yet. But man, it's been very disappointing. This defense is. I think 115th total out of 130 FBS teams in the country right now. And it's not like they, they play Kentucky, uh, SEMO, some other garbage team, and then Boston College. So, I mean, it's not like they've been playing the Alabama, Oklahomas of the world. So, that's really bad. And just one last thought, uh, or one last kind of thing to note is, uh, did y'all see Eli Drinkwitz's comments before the game? No. Yeah. yeah. So, so, basically, he was saying uh, – why should we be playing in the great state of Massachusetts? Um, because basically it doesn't help him with recruiting. It doesn't help him with anything. He's basically just saying, I don't want to play in the state. And apparently with Boston College, it's not technically – there's some technicalities. So the fans took that person personally, and then obviously they go to Massachusetts and lose the game. So that's a tough, that's a tough look for sure, tough look. What do you think about that, Pat? Uh, personally, I kind of – uh, I I kind of agree with it. I mean, on a recruiting no, he aspect. he's right. Yeah, but I I feel like uh, Boston College coach uh, Jeff Halfley. He came out. And he was just like, you could have called me up. We would have flown out there if you just didn't want to come here. Yeah, I mean, like as far as a SEC head coach, that's not something you say before a game. I mean, talk about giving the other team bulletin board material. Just like, think like, really. Eli Dringlitz is, is one of those coaches. He's he wants to piss people off. He wants to make he's, a splash. He he knows he's a good coach and he can beat just about anybody. Eh, but I don't think that's proven. But oh no, but that's that's what he's thinking. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. All right. So yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay, looking ahead, Missouri stays at home this week as they play the Tennessee Volunteers. Bye, Tennessee. Okay, they open as an early favorite, but this could be one of those games that basically the last team to have the ball is the winner of this game. Um, so I'd throw it to y'all. What does Missouri need to do? Or j- just general thoughts, and then what does Missouri need to do to win this game? Make, uh, is it Hendon Hooker, right? Yeah. Yes, if he's healthy, right. of course. If Hayden Hooker's healthy, make them go to Milton. Make them unsure who to put in for the next drive. By All doing do what, though? Pressure on the quarterback. Okay. It's single couple, I think. Okay. So, I'm going to say, this is a really basic one, and I apologize, but I think it's truly the best part, or the best thing here. If you can get three-man pr- uh, a three-man line to get pressure, it's GG. It's, it's going to be tough. Again, this... Missouri defensive line has been garbage, to say the least. I mean, they, they're they're soft. Well, that's Let's, why I say that. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think that's the one area they could really use improvement. All right, Pat, what do you think? I, you know, I'm gonna throw it back. They did give up 275 yards rushing against Boston College. No offense to Boston College, but I feel like Tennessee, you know, is more physical when uh, on the ground. Possible. Um, they, they need to contain Tennessee's run game because, I mean, 275 yards against Boston College, uh, not a good look. Um, Basilek, I, I mean, yeah, he threw two interceptions. I was impressed with him as a passer, just, you know, being able to push it down the field. So just, Connor Basilek, just don't force the issue. Yeah. I, good passes and uh, kind of to. That's all I like yeah, kind of to lean off that, I said don't give uh, don't give the ball to Tennessee. Uh, he had two interceptions this week. That's unacceptable. If he has two interceptions versus Tennessee, they might end up getting the same result. You can't give this Tennessee offense a short field. I don't think it's working out for you. The only other thing I would say is force Tennessee in three and outs. This when Tennessee, when you can stop Tennessee and you can get them to a three and out, it goes by quick. Like, literally a minute will pass by on the clock. And if they can force that, tire out that Tennessee defense later in the game, they could really just start pounding Tennessee with Tyler Beatty and whoever else. So, that's all I have for Missouri. We can move on to Ole Miss. Uh, we, in, 
I was in play a game this week, so there's nothing to talk about other than I guess I'm gonna. I really want to hear Pat's thoughts on all this, so I'm gonna really throw this whole segment to Pat here. Tell me about what Ole Miss has to has to do to beat Bama. Okay, the biggest thing, and I'm going back to last year's uh, game. I rewatched it so I could have a little uh, little knowledge on what we needed to do. The offense is fine. As long as you don't turn the ball over, they're good. The defense, though, a completely different animal. I mean, we were giving up points left and right. I mean, in years past, like southeastern Louisiana two years ago, gave up 28 points. Uh, I mean, all these small schools, we're still giving up points. I think the defense front seven is containing well. Um, The big thing they didn't do against Bama last year was they couldn't stop them. They couldn't make stops on defense, and that's what really took them out of the game was they kept rotating in guys. They couldn't get stops, and the offense eventually just couldn't keep up with Bama. I mean, that's all it's going to take is just one stop, one turnover. I mean, it, it really could. I, I think, again, leaning off what Pat said again, their offense, I, they're just going to do what they need to do. And I, I don't think Alabama's stopping Ole Miss very many times this game. It's on Ole Miss's defense to win this game. How many times can they stop Alabama? Can they stop Alabama three to five times this game? If they can do that, they have a really good shot at winning this game. I, I agree with you, Will. Yeah. Uh, so, I, I guess... I guess we kind of covered it, but uh, just to quickly go back over, I wish we could talk about this game more, um, but with everything going on. Um, one or two things Ole Miss has to do to win this game. Um, and I... Pat, you can go ahead. Make stops. Make... Um, I, I feel like they can get Bryce Young uncomfortable. Um... My biggest thing, I meant to say this earlier, but uh, since that's gone now, um, Alabama is utilizing more two tight end sets, uh, kind of Bill Belichick, uh, Patriots way. Alabama's tight ends look good. Um, If they can get uh, Brian Robinson, if Bama gets Brian Robinson back, they really need to contain him. He's a very physical back. Yeah. But uh, just... Keep an eye on the, just keep an eye on Bama's weapons. I mean, if you have to do uh, have a corner safety come down to get uh, John Mechie uh, contained, uh, just be able to contain Alabama's other weapons because yeah. they do have a lot. I think it can honestly be just as simple as this. Ole Miss needs to be the last team to touch the ball. I mean, I think, I think it could be it very well could be as simple as that. I was going to say, give, I think, uh, oh, sorry. No, go ahead, please. Oh, okay. I was going to say, basically, uh, if it comes down to the last five minutes of the fourth quarter, slow down the offense, give, give the ball to Snoop Connor, and just get physical. I, I, see, I, I disagree with the changing of the pace. If you have something that's been working the whole game, I don't think, I don't think, no matter how much, if they're up by 21 going into the fourth quarter, Ole Miss needs to keep the pressure on. At no point in this game, even with two minutes left in this game, I don't care. Act like it's just the start of the game and just keep pressuring, keep pounding, because you let up for a second, and this Alabama team is talented enough to just come back and whoop you. So, is that all we got? Is that all we got for Ole Miss? Any closing thoughts? Well, I mean, I, I didn't give mine. My one thing, I but I, I'll just go ahead and say it real quick. It'll be, I like you said, Will. I think it'll just be force one error on Alabama. Yeah, absolutely. Moving on, South Carolina. They're now two and two after losing a hard-fought game versus Kentucky. They weren't able to get anything going offensively in the first half, but came out with a ten-play, four-minute drive to score a touchdown, touchdown right out of halftime to make it a three-point game. Luke Doty. Uh, that the one touchdown they got this game was Luke Doty's pass to Jalen Brooks. So hindsight twenty twenty decisions lost them this game. Just to me, they lost by two field goals, a sixteen to ten game, and they also went for it on fourth down twice in Kentucky's territory. One on Kentucky's twenty five yard line, 
and one on Kentucky's 40-yard yard line. If they just kick those field goals on fourth down, it's a tie game. They could go to overtime. You never know what can happen. Because Kentucky, at the end of the game, uh, getting to 10 points, South Carolina did kick a 35-yard field goal, and they made it. So Parker White obviously has the ability to make those. And again, that's hindsight 2020. I, I get that. I understand why he was going for it. But man, if you're a South Carolina fan, you're just sitting there thinking, you kick those two field goals, you're going to overtime. You never know what can happen. I agree with you. It's a, it's a game of what if, right? Yeah, yeah. I, again, I'm not totally blaming him there. I, I, want, I wanted to call it a coaching decision, but because I was watching the Tennessee game, I didn't really get to watch the whole thing. One little note, Luke Doty was okay versus Kentucky. 17 for 25, 158 yards and one touchdown. They couldn't really get any running game going with 29 attempts or 59 yards. I've noticed that, man. The past few, or really the whole year, they have not been able to get anything going on the ground. I'm assuming, hey, y'all are back. I'm assuming it's because of their offensive line. Um, I, their offensive line must not be very good because I really do like the running backs and they just haven't been able to produce anything. Marshawn Lloyd has been thoroughly disappointing. So do you all have any closing thoughts on this Kentucky-South Carolina game? I was, you know, I was impressed that South Carolina, you know, they, they kept Kentucky in check. Um, you know, it it's going to be a rough season, you know, first year with Shane Beamer, but if they can just put it all together, they, you know, I'm still going to be on the South Carolina going to a bowl game because they, yeah. they're, they're going to scrap out something. See, okay, so you're saying that, and I've seen on Twitter, like South Carolina Twitter, it's like, yeah, guys, a bowl game still in contention. I don't – look, I'm not trying to hate on y'all South, South Carolina fans. Can, bowl games aren't going to happen this year. I would be thoroughly impressed and surprised if South Carolina even sniffs the bowl game this year. But, again, we'll I guess we'll see that play out. Looking ahead, South Carolina gets an easier matchup this week as they host Troy before they head back to Knoxville to play Tennessee the week after. This Troy team does not seem to be a pushover, though. They are 2-2 two and two with losses to Hugh Freeze's Liberty team by one possession and L.A. Monroe by 13 this last week. This is a team that South Carolina should beat. Uh, I think we can all agree with that, but they can't overlook them. Troy actually has the fifth overall uh, ranked defense in the nation right now, only allowing 243 yards per game. And with an offense that's struggling right now for South Carolina, that could spell disaster. I agree. Yeah. And it, I think, um, well, I don't know. I, I think South Carolina pulls it out. I feel like South Carolina, we thought they were going to be a dumpster fire at the beginning of the year, but let's give credit where credit's due right yeah, now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They they have they've been they've exceeded my expectations. I will say what sticks out to me about this Troy team before we just kind of say what does South Carolina need to do. Um, one thing that sticks out to me is they competed with Hugh Freeze's Liberty team, who obviously is very good. He's a very good coach. I think Liberty could probably beat South Carolina at this point. And no offense to South Carolina, I just think Hugh Freeze is a great coach and has a good team. Um, so the fact that Troy was able to compete with them means that I think Troy can come in and compete with South Carolina. Now, do I think, again, I expect South Carolina to win this game, but they can't overlook them. They absolutely can't overlook them. I agree. Yeah, so that... I feel like and nowadays, I feel like it's it's dangerous gaming play if you overlook anybody. Anybody. Yeah, I mean, honestly. it feels like it just happens every other week at this point. So I asked, it, I asked this question to y'all. What does South Carolina need to do to beat Troy? My thing is, offense needs to get humming. Because like you said, fifth-ranked uh, defense in the entire country. Um, they're no pushover. I mean, people don't give credit where credit's due. I mean, they're not a pushover. No team is a pushover anymore. Some teams are pushovers. But yeah, yeah. Not, I mean, the, the group of five teams are they're, they're able to compete with pretty much anybody. But, yeah. Um, I think South Carolina, their big thing is they need to get their ground game going because you can't just rely on Luke Doty yeah. uh, the entire game. Uh, I think another thing is Shane Beamer needs to, you know, I he needs to make some better calls. Um, if, you know, say 
just take the points. I'm not saying that, but yeah, yeah. No, I I get what you're talking about. One thing I see with the South Carolina team, their defense has been really solid. Uh, giving up zero in the first week, 17 to Eastern Carolina, 40 to Georgia, which I don't think anyone's blaming in the mon, which is actually kind of impressive. And then only 16 to Kentucky. So their defense has been solid. So they just need to continue playing how they've been playing. As far as their offense, it's as simple as they have to be able to run the ball. I mean, they have to. They haven't been able to run the ball all year long. That was expected to be the strength of this team, or at least I expected it to be the strength of this team, and it's been garbage. So they got to get that going. If not, they could find themselves in the loss column here. I agree. I, okay, I get, I get you agree. Let's let's hear something else. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, do you want to know who's? I want to, I want y'all to. I'm not gonna tell y'all what the line is, but guess who's favorite in this game? I mean, the fact that you're asking, I'm assuming it's Troy. I'm, I'm gonna go South Carolina. It's South Carolina, but I I think what's I really wish I know you know I want you to guess the amount by which they're favorite because I think that will. That's it. I think that in and of itself is a testament. I'll go ahead and tell you all if you want if you get it right. I'm gonna give them three. The, give them the home field advantage. Uh, dude, hats off to Pat two and zero right there. Damn it, Pat! It is seven, so he's probably looking at it. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I, 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 dude, I, it's loser. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll we'll, we'll definitely pick that game here in a second. Moving on to my Tennessee Volunteers. They are 2-2 after falling to the Florida Gators in a not-so-cute fashion, 38-14. I prefer the 17-14 score, which is what it was was at halftime, so I just kind of wish they'd stop the count there. Uh, Besides the fact that Tennessee isn't talented enough to beat a team like Florida, they didn't help themselves with mistakes time and time again. Biggest one was after Florida goes down and makes it a 10-point game right out of halftime. Tennessee is almost in the red zone, and fourth and five, Heupel draws up a perfect play. And I don't know if y'all saw this play. Uh, Hendon Hooker passed to Jimmy Callaway wide open in the flat with nobody in front of him. Probably could have been a touchdown run and just blatantly drops it. And at that point, it's. It, I, I mean, did see this actually. That's a very deflating play on fourth down. You have a chance to keep it close with Florida. Deflating, Florida goes down and scores, and the game's over. I mean, the the game, the Tennessee really never even kind of got back up after that. A uh, little note: Hendon Hooker had 221 yards with two touchdowns. I thought he was pretty good. I mean, again. It, he made, by the way, Tennessee completed a deep ball. I don't know if y'all saw that, but it was a thing of beauty. Tennessee had done all year long. Uh, Hendon Hooker made one really bad pass. Besides that, Tennessee receivers dropping the ball, the opening drive of the game. It's a third and five. There's a guy going across the middle, and he just drops it. And again, he could have been running for at least 20 yards, if not more. So, I mean, this, things like that, Tennessee just has to clean up. Those things are fixable. Uh, do you have any thoughts on this game, Pat? You know, I... I, I was watching the first half. Um, it, I mean, they, they played Florida tough. I'll give them that. But the second half, they kind of came out flat. I mean... I don't know that they came out flat. It's They had a good drive. Their second drive was good. It's just something... It just never... The, it, it was a lot of mental errors. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, I feel like that's, that's easy stuff to clean up as long as they do that. I mean... They, they have a shot. Yeah. I mean, they looked good. Yeah. My, my closing thought here is Tennessee isn't on Florida's level yet, and that's okay. No one expected them to be. Um, I was, As a Tennessee fan, I slept very well this night. I had no, I mean, it, it, I expected to lose. Uh, but it, they're all fixable errors to me. And just to me, if Hypo gets him a solid quarterback that can make the throws, I mean, just make simple throws. This team will be pretty good. Uh, you see all game long, Tennessee receivers, and you've seen it all season long against anybody, the receivers have been open basically every single play. The quarterback just has to hit it, and right now we don't have a quarterback that can consistently do so. So once Tennessee gets that quarterback, not going to be this year, may not be next year, but whenever that happens, hopefully it happens. Uh, Tennessee could, you know, you have something to look forward to. Jack, do you have any thoughts on the Tennessee game? Yeah, and I'm going to give some positivity towards Tennessee, which is something I do very often. Tennessee looks good. Tennessee, I think, can build off of this. And I think, well, 
moving on to their game for next week. Yeah, Tennessee has this is their chance to take it by the rain. This is a this is a big week for this week, a big week for this team and this kind of season. It kind of could shape how the season goes, whether they make a bowl game or not. To be honest. They have a winnable game this week as they go down to Missouri. Missouri hasn't looked as good as I initially thought they would be coming into the season. And because of that, I can actually see Tennessee having a good chance to come out on top on this one. So, again, for to me, it has to do a lot with quarterback play. Uh, Who's your quarterback? If Joe Milton starts this game, Hendon Hooker's not available. Missouri's winning this game, I'm telling you right now. I I think Hendon... Joe Milton has lost all of his confidence and kind of rightfully so, missing so many throws, and is is what it is. What Tennessee needs to do, I'll go ahead and say this, they need to create turnovers. Basilek had two picks last week. Tennessee has to win the turnover battle. I don't think Tennessee, this is already going to be a close game. I don't think Tennessee can win this game if we have too many turnovers, and Missouri's clean with the ball. And the last thing I uh, for Tennessee is capitalize on deep shot opportunities. They've been there every single week. If Tennessee just keeps missing these, they'll their offense will stall out and they'll obviously fall behind Missouri. And I think it's over at that point. So, what do y'all think? What's Tennessee need to do to win? Um, I think you said it right there. Uh, that was actually what I had written down here was hit the deep balls, uh, make. Make the big plays that this offense is built for. Obviously, like Will said, there there's a lot of receivers open downfield. The big issue is, however, you just don't have a quarterback that can get it there. And you know that your head coach is an offensive mastermind. He's going to be. He knows how to get people open downfield. He knows how to teach these receivers how to get open. So it's just about finding the right fit at quarterback right now for this Tennessee team. But I genuinely believe Tennessee fans have a lot to look forward. Yeah, I don't. To. I don't Maybe think that. I don't think the right fit is there this year. It is what it is. I think, though, Hendon Hooker can at least weather the storm and be game manager for him. I think I think he's in a middle tier quarterback in the SEC. I really do. And he's he he was good at Virginia Tech. I think twenty one touchdowns, seven interceptions, plus a few rushing touchdowns. I mean, he's a solid quarterback. He's just not great, and that's okay. I don't think Tennessee needs great this year. Pat, what do you think? Okay, um, I think. What Tennessee needs to do, they just need to cut down on the little the little errors, the mental mistakes. Penalties. I mean, penalties. I mean, if you fix that, you're not beating yourself. So as long as you don't beat yourself, they've got a good chance of winning this game. Yeah, and I'll, I'll kind of close it out by saying Tennessee obviously has to run the ball. Um, Boston College showed that you can run straight through this team's defense. They need to establish that running game early and often. So let's move on to Texas A&M. Well, well, well. On the way down to Texas, I do want to point out that uh, their highway patrol did have signs that said, don't hog the road. It's aggravating. I thought that was really funny. That's pretty, um, that was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, but I do also want to say that uh, the Aggies suck, and they're probably the worst team to have ever be, be fielded. So, Ag- uh, Arkansas fan, just as a disclaimer. No, no, I, I don't want to be that guy. So I'm not. I don't actually mean that. Aggies had a rough time. Obviously, Zach Calzada did not look comfortable at any point during the game. Arkansas's three man rush was lethal. Um, obviously, Arkansas Arkansas's offense didn't do great against this defense. But I still think uh, I still think Texas A&M is an incredibly good team. They're just a quarterback away. Isaiah Spiller didn't run the ball well because Arkansas was not respecting the ability, Zach Calzada's ability to throw the ball with reason, of course. If you watched the game, there wasn't much there. It wasn't incredibly threatening. Um, he couldn't get out of the pocket, just period. And, um, yeah, I, they just got thoroughly beat. And I do think Texas a looked like the second-best team on that field uh, Saturday. That is definitely the case. Uh Look, Texas A&M is going to have a tough year. I know they had expectations. They're paying Jimbo Fisher a lot of money to fix this problem. But at the end of the day, they don't have a good quarterback. And without a good quarterback, that offense is not going to work. So unless their defense is able to just grind out some wins for them this year, outside of the gimme games, it's going to be a tough – it's just going to be tough for Texas A&M. And that really sucks because I had extremely high expectations. But without a quarterback, it's it's hard. How we think. I mean, at the beginning of the season, I think we all just kind of figured, you know, oh, they, they'll figure it out. Yeah, again, yeah, me too. 
Yeah, no, I, I agree with y'all. It's, uh, you know, Haynes Keen goes down. Uh, Calzada just, he didn't take control of that offense like we've seen quarterbacks in the past at A&M. And so, do you think Haynes King makes that much of a difference in that game? Or do you think no. I, I, I honestly... He adds a wrinkle, though. He's a better runner than Calzada. I think he's yeah. a little shiftier. He could, you know... I, I think there's a marginal difference, but I don't think it's the difference in the game. I think Arkansas beats them either way. Okay. I, I agree with you. I um, I think Arkansas came out and they... Uh, I don't think at any point they really seemed like they were going to lose that game, but I do feel like... I do feel pretty confident saying that, like I said, they just didn't look like the better team that day. And... Um, yeah. I don't think a- A&M's a bad team by any stretch of the imagination. I think they're going to go out and... Uh, Play very well in this next game, uh, which is against Mississippi State. We've already kind of talked about this, but you guys, uh, I, I guess we asked the question, what does Texas a have to do to bounce back against Mississippi State? Shut them down on defense. Uh, again, I don't think this Texas a and Mississippi State defense is good, so Texas A&M is not going to score a lot of points. But what can their defense do? What can they, can they make turnovers? Can they keep Mississippi State below 20 points? Can they do that? And I think... The question, maybe yes, maybe no. And you'll have to find out with my prediction in just a minute. Okay. Um, I think my biggest uh, thing for A&M that they need to do, they need to get Calzada comfortable leading that offense. Um, you know, just ease them into it, get the ground game going with Isaiah Spiller, see if they can take advantage of Mississippi State's defense, see if they can stop the pass, that kind of stuff. But the biggest thing is they need to get Calzada comfortable or it's going to be a longer season than Aggies fans realize. Yeah. Jack? Um, I agree with Pat. I think Haynes, uh, with Haynes King out of the fold, um, you need to get Calzada ready. And I think you need to get him, like, he should have been ready in the first place. You know what I mean? You need to... You need to script those first few plays of the game to get him in a rhythm, and I think uh, those first ten plays of the game, getting the getting it, getting Calzada into a rhythm, is going to be the key for this game. Yeah. I think uh, the defense will do what it will do. I think A and M has a good enough defense. So uh, yeah, that's all I got to say. All right, let's move on to Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt drops to one and three after getting pegged sixty-two to zero. I'll do you all a favor and not talk about that game. Vanderbilt might actually win a game this week though, and this is the Game for the worst power, uh, well, worst FBS team in the country. Vanderbilt plays UConn at home this week. UConn is trash in every sense of the word. They almost beat Wyoming this last week, which was a little bit. I didn't know that UConn was actually still in the uh, FBS. Honestly, they might not be, but I'm pretty sure they are. Uh, I'm pretty sure they are. Anyways, so this is going to be the battle of the misfits, I guess. Uh, I think Vanderbilt actually has a good chance of winning this game. Uh, maybe they skipped over Georgia, overlooked Georgia to play, to get their one win against UConn. So, yeah, that's all. That's basically all I have. Uh, do y'all have any thoughts on this game at all? Um, no. I would like someone to let me know though if the, the UConn Huskies are actually on FBS school. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Google is the thing. But uh, Pat, you got anything? Um, I mean Vanderbilt just looked. Terrible 14 yards passing, 62 yards of total offense. Justin Tucker's record-breaking kick of 66 yards was more <laughs> more offense. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's, that's 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 100% true. All right, so we're about we're going to take Dang, a little, we're going to take a we're going to take a little bit of a little break here, and then we're going to come back, make predictions, talk about betting lines, and let's get into it. Go ahead and make some money. Starting off, we have Arkansas playing Georgia. Top ten matchup. Give us the give us the odds. Oh, I thought you were going to give me the time and network. Oh yeah, sorry, I, I, I totally forgot about that. ESPN at eleven a.m., which I just think is, I mean, it's great that we get to watch such a great game early, but this seems like a game that should be at two thirty or at night, but. Whatever. What do you, uh, all right. Well, you guys ready for the lines then? Yep. 
So, Georgia is favored in this game by 18 and a half. Wow. That's because that's funny because I have this as an 18 point spread. Uh, by, by the way, we make these spreads without knowing the lines to get the most natural uh, thing. But um, I'll go ahead with my prediction. I have Georgia winning 31 to 13. It's nothing against Arkansas. I, I, I trust in y'all. I'm not even saying that y'all still can't win this game, but I think this Georgia defense is just going to shut them down. I, I, I just believe that to be the case. And then Georgia's offense, I think they're good enough to just kind of slowly put, slowly just kind of put Arkansas away, end up with about 31 points. Okay, so my prediction was uh, it, it doesn't cover that, uh, but I have Arkansas actually winning 34-31, catching Georgia sleeping. Wow. Wow. Okay. What, what was your dumbass pick last week? I forgot. What was that? What was that? South Carolina. Oh, you know what? It, it was a little bit closer, but you're still, still a clown. Still, still clown for that. But all right, but yeah. This, well, this is Pat's dumbass pick of the week here: Arkansas beating Georgia again. I, I'm giving Arkansas. I'm not closing the door on it, but to pick it, it's bold strategy, Cotton. See how it plays out. All right, Jack. What's your what's your prediction here? So, let me go ahead and say this too: the money line is 1100 for Georgia. Uh, the money line for Arkansas is plus 700. The over under is 49 for this game which is incredibly low if you know anything about betting uh, or football. (laughs) So, I don't actually want to give a prediction for this game. Okay, well, way to take the easy way out, loser. All right. Fine, fine, fine. I've got Arkansas winning 90-0. to (laughs) See, kids, bullying works. All right, so... Uh, that, that, so we're going with two guys. I, we'll just act like that's a real prediction from Jack. We're going two Arkansas and one Georgia. So nice to know that I'm the only sane one on this podcast. With the next game, we have Tennessee at Missouri on the SEC Network at 11 a.m. All right. We have another uh, game that Tennessee will be playing, which they are actually not favored in. No surprise here. But the spread is closer than some may believe. The spread is three points favoring Mizzou. Uh, money line for Mizzou is minus 160. Money line for Tennessee is plus 140. Over under for this game is 64 and a half. Let me hear some. Yeah. Um, I guess I'll start uh, being a Tennessee fan. I'm, I'm a little torn on this game. It's, it, I, what's the over under? Uh, the over-under is 64.5, which I, I think is actually pretty low. I would go over. I think these two defenses aren't very great. So I think this is going to be a shootout, maybe a game in which, kind of like the Alabama Ole Miss game, whoever has the ball last ends up winning this game. So I had to make the tough decision here. And again, I kind of nailed the line here. Um, I have Missouri winning 41-38 with a field goal difference coming down to the end. Um, again, it hurts me to make this prediction. I want Tennessee to win very badly. I just don't necessarily know if we have the horses to take on Missouri. Funny enough, Will, my score prediction was 41-35. Well, well, so, I, mean, we're, we're, I have Mizzou winning this game. Um, I just think Mizzou is a better... I don't. I don't want to say better because I don't believe that. I want to say more polished. Is that, is that fair? Yeah, that that that's fair. Right that's a hundred percent fair. So I, mean, I feel like Missouri's a more polished team right now. I think this is going to be a fun game to watch. This is going to be very reminiscent of the Arkansas Mizzou game last year, and uh, I'm ready to see it. So, this is a, a big uh, game for both schools because uh, the loser of this game probably not looking at a bowl game or the potential of a bowl game the rest of the year, and the winner of this game probably. Um, not only are you looking at a bowl game, you could really turn things around. So this is a turning point for both these teams. Pat, what do you think? Um, so I also had Missouri winning this game uh, 38-31. Okay, okay. So I feel like, it, like you were saying, it's a good good indicator of uh, – how each season going to turn out. Yeah, ab- uh, absolutely. So I, I'm liking all these predictions because if all three of us are picking Missouri, that means Tennessee must must win, right? I mean, that's just how it works. Oh, hey, Will, what was my record last week? I actually think uh, 
we were talking about earlier, I think I did pretty good. It was kind of, uh, honestly, it was about, you started out good and then it went down the drain really fast. I, I don't have it written down and I'm not about to count them all right now, so. Um, That's fair enough. Sorry about that. On. All right, talking about Troy at South Carolina on SEC Network at 2.30. Why is this game on SEC Network at 2.30, but the Tennessee-Missouri game at 11 a.m.? Or the Arkansas-Georgia game? That Like, what? Okay, whatever. Um, I, I concur. What do you all think? Uh, right now, the spread is seven points. The money line's minus 280 in favor of South Carolina. Uh, plus 230 for Troy. Over-under for this game is 45. I'm easily hitting that over. Uh, over on what? Uh, over on a 45-point uh, over-under. You're really bold because South Carolina, bad offense, pretty good defense. Troy, bad offense, top five defense, and you're you're going to hit the over on this. Yeah, I mean, let's just go, let's just go on t- uh, trends this year. Troy scoring 26.3 points per game and South Carolina scoring 22. That alone covers it. Even if you go with the low end, you're getting really close with 15 points for Troy being allowed per game and 18 points for South Carolina. Right. We're still scratching the surface, and I think that both of these teams, uh, I think it turns out to be a pretty close game uh, in the in the 20s. So. All right. The way I look at it is uh, outside of Eastern Illinois where South Carolina got 46, they've scored 20, 13, and 10. Not very good. Now, again, that was against Georgia – Kentucky and um, Eastern Eastern Carolina. Eastern Carolina is really the one that worries me the most. But the lack of running game against a team that has really good defense is Luke Doty going to be able to put up more than twenty something points to do this? I don't think so. So, uh, what's your score prediction? My score prediction will be twenty four to twenty one. South Carolina. Uh, I, think, I know that is actually technically. Yeah, you just very contradicted yourself, but you know. Whatever. Yeah, it's very on the money, uh, so it technically be a push, but I still think. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I well, mean, in that case, it would be a push anyway. So it's not like I don't know. I think I think they go over that somewhere. Yeah. I think one of these guys gets a field goal yeah. uh, elsewhere, right. but my my you know my mind is telling me. My mind's telling me no. All right, Pat, what do you think? We really shouldn't be saying that here. That's, that's, that's incredibly terrible. <laughs> okay, so I I actually have South Carolina winning this game. Uh, I mean, I've grown up seeing Troy play my whole life. Um, and, and they feel pretty solid against some larger teams, but I have South Carolina winning this game 35-21. Oh, that's a terrible prediction. There's no way this game gets at that high scoring. Crapping on... I mean, hey, if, if he makes some dumbass, make dumbass picks, get dumbass responses. I'm sorry. All right. Troy, South Carolina. I think South Carolina wins 17 to 13. I think it's a very unwatchable game. It's going to be pretty ugly on both sides of the ball, but South Carolina pulls it out at the end. Um, again, honestly, wouldn't even be that surprised if Troy wins this game. Again, South Carolina fans, I'm sorry. Prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. So, move, moving on. Got dogs. Moving on to number 12, the game of the week. Number 12. Do you want to do this last? Do you want to do this game last? Jack. Jack. Jack's on mute. Jack, do you want to do the old? Do you want to do the Ole Miss game last? Yeah, I kind of do, actually. Okay, so let's go ahead and move on to number 10, Florida at Kentucky. That's going to be on ESPN at 5 p.m. Jack, can you hear me? Yes, I can. can. I'm pulling it up right now. Yeah. Give me one second. Can you give me lines? All right. So just generally while he pulls that up, Pat, what do you think? You can go ahead and give your score prediction. What's the what's the score of Florida, Kentucky, and why? Okay. So Florida and Kentucky, for me, I, I really like Kentucky in this. I feel like, yeah, they've been playing down. But I, I think if everything goes right, and you can call it the Patrick – uh, dumbass pick of the week. <laughs> I have Kentucky winning 35-31. Wow. See, I don't hate the, the, this one as much. Now, I don't necessarily agree with this, but I don't hate this one as much. Um, I, I I, don't know. Am I expecting the Kentucky – what am I to expect? The Kentucky team that we all expected coming into the year that looked good through the first two games, or am I expecting the team that played Chattanooga and 
South Carolina. Like, which which team am I getting? I have no idea. So, from what I can see, I'm going to go with the Kentucky that I've seen most recently. So, with that being said, I'm going to go. They still have a great defense. I'm, I'm going to go Florida 28-14 to 14 in Lexington. All right, you guys ready for the lines then? Yeah. The line is eight and a half in favor of Florida. Yeah. I'm, I'm again. I, honestly, with the, as you see, it's so hard to touch any of these lines. If I had to go one way or another, I'm probably again. My score prediction doesn't quite cover that, but I I, I could see Kentucky covering, but I, I just don't necessarily see them winning. Again, I could be wrong. They could have been preparing for Florida these past two weeks and just looked like gangbusters out of the gate. So we'll just have to see. All right. Um, Next uh, game. Money line for this game is plus two sixty and uh, plus two sixty for uh, Kentucky, minus three thirty for uh, Florida. Over under is fifty five. All right, moving on to the next game. We have Mississippi State at number 15, Texas A&M, on SEC Network at 6 p.m. Jack, give us the lines. Uh, The lines for this one, I'm going to give you this one first, and I think this will shock you. Texas A&M only favored by seven. Huh, I see. Okay. Any other lines? Um, uh, Money line is minus 300, uh, plus 240 for... uh, Mississippi State, and the over-under is only 46. Yeah, I'll, I'll kind of start this one out. I don't know about the over-under. I don't know what's touched there. Texas A&M has a great defense. Mississippi State has a great defense. Texas A&M has a terrible offense. Mississippi State's offense is okay. So with that being said, I'm going Mississippi State in this one, 24-17, obviously covering the spread, cover, getting the money line. I feel comfort, comfortable enough to bet on that as well. I just don't see this Mississippi State team losing to Texas A&M this week. Unless just something really turns around, but that offense looks terrible. Again, I like Mississippi State's defense, so I'm riding with Mississippi State in this one. I like it. My mine is actually the exact same score, but for A and M. Okay. I'm a little more confident that uh, in A and M over State because I mean A and M can run the ball uh, sometimes. Yeah. Stay care not at all. Uh, this this game was kind of hard for me to pick. I feel like this score is going to be uh, low, low kind of like that, just because I mean, no one's being a world breaker right now. Like, yeah. I mean, absolutely. I I think these are two very very mediocre teams. And I'm I'm be honest. I'm not very intrigued. If the game's close near the end, which I expect it to be, I'll turn it on. I, I, just Mississippi State, they, their offense just isn't exciting as it needs to be. Texas A&M's offense, everybody knows the major problems going on there. So, again, I'm riding with Mississippi State. Jack, what do you think? Um, I'll be taking Texas A&M in this game. I actually think that they can they can bounce back. I do. I like Will think that this is going to be an interesting game late into the game. Um, I think uh, Mississippi State's going to come out, probably pop them in the mouth during that first quarter, but I think by the end of the game um, – Texas A&M claws back. Yeah, so I, I'm more talented than Isaiah Spiller's nuts. Yeah, so I'm alone on the Mississippi State Island, Island, but as usual, I'll be right and they'll be wrong. All right, moving on to the UConn and Vandy game on ESPNU at 6.30 p.m. Well, this one will be going into the record books because this is the only, not only the first time this season that Vanderbilt has been favored. Wow. But they are not only favored, they are favored by 14 and a half points. Uh, uh, f- funny enough, I have Vanderbilt winning by 14 points. Uh, I have Vanderbilt winning 31-17. This UConn defense is garbage. So I actually think Vanderbilt could probably put up their whole season's worth of points in this one game. And then uh, I, I don't know how to predict UConn's offense. I just gave them 17 because it felt right. I actually don't have a prediction for this game just because I know nothing about the U- I know nothing about UConn and until honestly Pat told me I didn't know they were an FBS school so okay so I actually have this uh, being a very low scoring affair I still have Vandy winning but it, uh, I only have them winning fourteen three I just just looking at Vandy this year I'm just not confident in them. UConn's a dumpster fire. Vandy's a dumpster fire. I mean, it. 
it, it's really hard. Yeah, like I'm, I'm glad it's on ESPNU, so nobody actually has to watch it. Yeah, that's 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 a fair point. All right, moving on to number twenty-two Auburn at LSU on ESPN at eight p.m. Give us the lines. Give me one second. It's loading. Okay, I'm ready. You ready? I'm ready. LSU is favored by Seven. three and a half. Oh. Uh, the over runner for this game is fifty four and a half. Do with that what you will. Tell me about tell me what y'all think. So this is a game where going into the season, I had Auburn winning, um, and I had Auburn winning pretty much up until this. We started recording this podcast and we started talking about it, so I had to change my prediction. With the uncertainty at Auburn with the quarterback position, firing the wide receiver coach, you can try to spin that the way you will. Firing a coach in the middle of a season is not a good sign. I mean, that's really not a good sign. So with that being said, I'm going to go with LSU winning 31-24. to It might be a lower scoring game than that. Now that I think about it again, I made this as we were recording, so... Not the most well-thought-out prediction of all time, but 31-24 LSU. Um, So I'm taking LSU in this game just with the uncertainty at quarterback for Auburn. But I do feel like Auburn keeps it close. And LSU wins 42-35. Okay. Jack? Um, I'm going to say LSU wins... And a pretty. Mm. I'm just asking. So my original thought was LSU wins 35 to 17, but I actually think it's going to be closer than that. Yeah. I think LSU probably wins 21 to 17. Now I'm I'm just wondering if Auburn what what was your, what would have y'all what have, what would have been the prediction of this game before this past week. Because I'm probably I'm before this past week, I'm probably going Auburn. That that Georgia State game really scared me, and, and maybe that's not right. Maybe they looked over Georgia State, and they're going to look really good against LSU. That could very well be the case. I, I'm not changing my p- prediction, but I, I just I just wondered, Pat, did that affect your prediction at all? No, it did because of who all Auburn's played to this point. Uh, yeah, they played close against Penn State, but I mean, Penn State's defense is—I'm not gonna say as physical as LSU's. Um, so for me, I've, LSU is gonna win this game regardless. Yeah, I, I'll say it, the game is at night in Baton Rouge, so that's obviously a big help in this game. So again, I think we're all going with LSU here, which just means Auburn's gonna win. So uh, take do that with what do that what you will. Do with that what you will. Now, the last game, biggest game of the week, we have number 12, Ole Miss, at number one, Alabama, CBS, 230 time slot in the PM. Jack, give us the lines. The line for this game is a whopping 14 and a half points in favor of Alabama with the over-under. What? A whopping 79 points. I'm not touching the over-under, but that spread is ridiculous. Pat, I'll let you give your prediction first. All right, so I got to go with the Ole Miss Rebels beating Alabama, making those key stops, and winning 59-42. I still think it's going to be an offensive slugfest, but I feel like Ole Miss gets the stops this year. Yeah, uh, so you got a pretty – I mean, you have actually a 14-point spread basically going to – opposite way which again i can see i'm not going to hate on that one at all my prediction is 56 49 Ole miss again i think this is a case of who has the ball last i think this Ole miss defense can stop them just enough i don't think this alabama defense is going to be able to stop Ole Miss. i really don't i think lane, lane kiffin with an extra week a full at night like it's not like they were playing a cupcake and had an extra week to prepare they had an off week before alabama Probably the best placed off week of all time. With that said, Ole Miss wins 56-49. I've got this game also getting into the 50s, but I've got Ole Miss winning on a last-second drive. One minute on the clock, 56-54. So we're all we're all kind of – honestly, we're all going over on the over-under, but, again, I'm not very comfortable in touching that because you just never know. 
So, yeah, that's what we got for the biggest game of the week. That, uh, I, by the way, just one more flex. I have one bold prediction. What's that? Matt Corral has his Heisman moment in this game. Hey. By the way, did we just all choose against Alabama? Yeah, we did for the first time probably ever. What are we smoking, dude? Oh, my gosh. Like Our predictions this week are off the walls. I only wish that... The first half of this episode actually had recorded. For I just, yeah, I know. I, I just wonder how much of the Ole Miss predictions is just we really want Ole Miss to win. We just really want Alabama to no, lose. No, 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 no. I think it's impossible to ignore the fact that Ole Miss has a chance. Yeah. Like, everybody feels that way. I'm also just trying not to, like, I'm, I'm looking again. I'm not changing my prediction. I think Ole Miss can really win. But then I look at the Ole Miss schedule, who have they played. Tulane, Austin P, and Louisville. And while they've looked good, I don't necessarily know if they've looked... I just... They haven't played anybody, and I just hope that's not, like, over-inflating my thought of what Ole Miss can be this year. Um, I don't know. That's, that's the, the if, if I had to go the other way, that's my only argument for the other way. But again, it's it's Lane Kiffin against Alabama. He almost did it last year. Seems a lot better this year. So again, we'll see. Yeah, I'm excited. All right, is that the podcast? That's the podcast. Thank you all for listening. Don't forget to go follow us on our socials. You can follow Pat at Pat at House Party on Twitter. You can follow us at Around Underscore SEC on Twitter for all of your SEC content, Southeastern content, whatever you want to call it. We will talk at you next week with a full episode instead of a half one. Yeah, I just want to say sorry one more time because that's really depressing because we really had Alabama to Kentucky and it was really great content for y'all. So that's my bad. It's my bad. I'll, pl- I'll plug it all the way in next time. Sorry. Good, good night.